Meanwhile, 22 pages later, with your hosts, The Cap, Mike the Finance Guy, and Ralph the Tech. Ah, yes. Sitting in my superhero pajamas and munching on junk food is the only way to do a podcast. I'm glad I just realized that right now. Welcome to a three-location edition of Meanwhile, 22 Pages Later, episode 126. I'm one of your hosts, The Cap, and with me, as always, is the man who is best compared to as a body odor smell on a polyester shirt. He won't go away. MFG, Mike the Finance Guy. You're young. You have your whole life ahead of you. And your anal cavity is still taut yet malleable. Wow. I, I, well, that should be the gong right there, Ralph. Is that Brennan? That's a, no, that's a Rick and Morty quote. Oh, oh change it up. Well it up, man. <laughs> and, and, and our other host pulling up the rear, and I'm, I swear to God, I wrote this before I knew Mike was going to say that. Our other host pulling up the rear is the guy who used to get comments about his rear until he changed his jeans. Archie Square, Ralph the Tech. You know, the other day I was sitting down and I wondered, do you think that prisoners in jail hate Amber Alerts? Because, you know, like when they go off, then they know where their phones are hidden. No? Damn. Is is this thing on? (laughs) Is this thing on? I think think we should have just stuck with the rear jokes and call it a day. (laughs) Yeah, there we go. Oh, fine. Yeah, fine. There we go. All right. So today we're going to dive in to the hype, the hope. The happening, the event known as Captain Marvel. But first, Mike has this condition that if he doesn't speak for 10 minutes straight, he'll pout like a five-year-old with a skinned knee. So let's skip it and go right to the quick news. And now, the quick news with Mike the Finance Guy and Ralph and Cap. Screw that. I wouldn't pout. I'll just step right in and do it. <laughs> wow! Alrighty, step right. All right, I'm. I still have no death worth speaking of, so we're all lucky that way. Oh my, wait, wait! Three shows consecutively, no death. You might be up for a volunteer, <laughs> except for your dignity. <laughs> <laughs> that dies every time I work with you guys. Wow! Alrighty, well, alrighty, death. go for it. All right, firearm safety says to never pick up a gun unless you plan on using it. Well, Marvel picked up a gun, fired it. Then picked it up again. That's right. Uh, James Gunn will once again be helming Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Yes. Now, there had been rumors that uh, Taika Watiti would direct the film, but he quickly dispelled those rumors. Uh, now, for you hoes at home that are not hip to what happened, Gunn made some uh, quite provocative Twitter comments prior to being hired by Disney for the first Guardians film. But like that suspicious rash on your inner thigh, Twitter feeds come back at the worst time. Now, sarcastic humor about pedophilia, rape, uh, HIV, AIDS, and the Holocaust are just the thing to enrage an online community in this age, and that was no different this time around. After his reinstatement into Disney's good graces, Gunn took to Twitter again, but this time to thank his fans for petitioning the House of the Mouse on his behalf. I I, I'm, I can't lie, I'm very happy, but it's funny how interesting the comment section of anybody who covers the story is because people say about you know oh wow james gunn glad he you know got his job back and then some people are like but what about roseanne what about her like saying well you know she made she made bad comments on twitter and she's never to you know she lost her show and she can't come back and this is done by the mouse so the mouse is sexist and you know it's against you know um republicans and things of that sort yeah, you could go that way, or they could just say, she said something on Monday, got fired on Tuesday, he said something years ago. <laughs> and, and also, she had a reputation of saying things over and over, but I digress, I don't want to give them too much light. How do we yeah. feel about this move by Disney? I wasn't sure if they were going to do it. Wait, hold on a sec. Roseanne is Solomon Grundy? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't know if she was born on a Monday. If it was, it was quite a few Mondays ago. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's probably when first Mondays were created, but... <laughs> just making sure, clearing it out. <laughs> Real quick, how do you guys feel about um, the the? I'm the fine with it. I, I didn't understand what the big hoopla was of him getting let go in the first place, but so I'm good. I I didn't even know he was off the movie, so I guess it's okay. You don't Yay even you. Know, you don't even know things that happen on when um, when we're doing the show. Wait, we're doing a show? Are okay. you serious? Good. Mike, keep going, <laughs> please, please, <laughs> please. All right. For those of you who know what I mean when I say Clone Club, I have some good news. AMC has a possible Orphan Black spinoff in the works. 
Oh, wow. Now, yeah, Canadian production company Temple Street Productions, the television studio that was behind the original BBC series, is in the early stages of development for a spin-off series with AMC, but no producers or writers have been announced. Now, to ease some fears, this is not a reboot or sequel. Instead, the new series will take place in the same continuity as the original, but focus on a new cast of characters. Now, there's no currently projected time frame for this to air, so we're still waiting. Hmm. Now, I will admit I was guilty of not watching Orphan Black when it was out, but I keep hearing fantastic things from multiple sources. It's remarkable. And Tatiana um, Maslana is just fantastic. Oh man, I have to I have to go back and check it out. But to hear that there's a spinoff coming, that sounds like you know that sounds very interesting. Yeah. I guess Ralph, you watched it as well, huh? No, I, I keep getting death threats from Mike to watch it. I, I just keep putting it off to see how long before he actually attempts to kill me. And I have I send him so many random death threats as it is, I can't keep track of them anymore. Oh uh, yeah, I, I, I get that. <laughs> All right, what else you got there, Mike? All right, well, last but not least. Uh, No more diggle, no more smoke, no more hunting down villainous folks. The CW's era will be ending with 10 episodes for season eight. Now, fans of the show show that ushered in CW's superhero dominance will make its last stand against evil this fall. And for you negative Nancys declaring lack of viewership for the cancellation, the answer is no. Mr. Green Arrow himself, Stephen Amell, explained the decision on a Facebook Live video. Quote, Towards the end of season six, I approached Greg Berlante and said that I thought both personally and professionally that at the end of my commitment this coming season, it would be the best for me to move on. I've always been a fan of television shows that not only don't overstay their welcome, but end in a manner that really packs a punch, end quote. Emil added family obligations as a deciding factor as well with, quote, a large part of this decision being that I am now a father and a husband and a lot of my life and interests don't really reside in Vancouver anymore, end quote. Wow, uh, it's funny because you speak to the tw- to the Twitter nerds and the and the internet trolls. They're saying, "Well, you know, viewership was down about ten percent, and that's what happened because that was a straw." That, so I'm glad that, that Stephen Amell kind of said, "No, no, no, we we've been talking about this for a little bit." Yeah, you know, I got my own stuff to do. I, I, it was it was more like <laughs> viewership down. Hell no, man! It's the highest it's ever been. Talking about this season's but, a know, good season. I gotta do stuff. Gotta live my life. I'm out of yeah. here. I, I am curious what his next project will be. I mean, it'll probably won't be right away, but you know, when you have a character, especially like the superhero-y type characters for a while, mm-hmm. it's well, like, what do they do after that? Well, you know? he actually, yeah. he, he actually made a movie with his cousin Robbie that was funded by, uh, through Indiegogo. What was it? It's called... Um, Straight to video. <laughs> no, <they're, laughs> I, I believe so. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're doing a, a premiere in, in multiple cities. So oh, so it hasn't come out yet? No, no, it hasn't okay. been released yet. Oh, what kind of movie is it? I'm it's, imagining it's, it's action. Sci- yeah, it's an action sci-fi futuristic movie. Nice. Okay. Yeah. I believe uh, it's called um, Code or something like that. I forget the name of it. Uh, it's probably called Stephen Amell and that other guy that's related to him. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie <Wow>. Amell? <laughs> I please. They're both good looking for, you, for, 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 for everybody. So, you know, yeah. if you got one or one A, you wouldn't mind, please. Oh, there you go. Right, well, that is all my news. I was just going to say, that's all your quick news. I so, told you it was quick. But I'll tell you this much. Um, Mike, remember I said, I wonder how many of the quick news that I have that you'll report? Uh-huh. One, out, one out of two. Ah, right, there we go. The, the gun thing. First, let me ask Ralph, any quick news? Um, Yeah, I got some quick news for you. Fuck. Ooh. He's making shit up again. No. <laughs> so the movie that Stephen Amell and Robbie Amell made is called Code 8. Code oh, eight. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Look at that. You 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 fucked up the story and you cleaned it up. Good job. That's right. It's what I wow. do, baby. It's what I do. That's <laughs> what you do today. <laughs> well, I'll ask. Um, have you guys heard about the recent rumblings about the Flash movie? Yes. Um. No. Okay. okay. Um. I'm gonna say it. But Mike probably already knows this, but according to the Hollywood Reporter, that um Ezra Miller is now helping. To write the Flash movie. No, no, no. With the help of Grant that. Morrison. Ezra Miller is writing it, and he's asked for Grant Morrison to help. <laughs> That's not what I read. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wait, wait. So, so the star actor yeah. is asking uh, an actual comic book writer to come yeah. in and help him write the movie. Because yeah. all the other writers said, fuck that shit. I'm out. Well, no, it's not about the writers. They've had scripts, remember? Yeah. Oh, it was the director. Is he directing it yeah. too? No. Oh. 
because that would just be crazy. All right, Ezra, I want you to stand over there and look fast. Okay, I think I can do that. Thanks, me. That's some great direction. <laughs> what so, do you have as your report there? <laughs> <laughs> well, well I, I was just going to say that sources were saying that um, that Ezra Miller was writing not only because, you know, he wanted to write the film, but it was going to help him be the star of the film. Well, to the Hollywood Report. Yeah, well, I think they, they basically because think about it. Also, it's taking so long for them to get this done. I think it's also reaching the point uh, that he's saying basically, either you take the script with, that I'm helping to write, or I'm out. I, I think he's just getting tired of waiting. Um, I, I'm getting tired of waiting. I mean, well, to be honest with you, I don't like Ezra Miller as the Flash, but that's no. the story. I was about to say I didn't like him as the Flash, but I mean, at the same time, as an actor, I mean, it's like even he has to know like it, it, this won't be relevant pretty soon. <laughs> yeah. It, and, yeah. and, you know, no one wants to live in a cardboard box after living in a mansion. Come on. If he doesn't get that flash check, that's what's going to happen. Uh, well, I mean, I, I just don't know what's going on with DC. I, I don't know why they just don't go, we're scrapping the idea and, you know, just come back in 50 years when someone gives a damn. The best idea that somebody pitched, and I know Mike has probably mentioned it. I think Ralph mentioned it once. We've talked about it so many times. I, can't, I get confused who said it. The idea of if Marvel has one connected universe then DC's niche should be having the uh, the opportunity to do a multiverse, to have different versions of different characters. And this way you don't have to say, oh, well, it's got to tie into Justice League or it has to tie into this. Oh, you, sure. know, you, you know, you can, it gives you so much liberty. That, yeah. that they can make as watch. many shitty movies as they want to then. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but that'll be DC's thing. <laughs> you, the, that is their thing. And you can even <laughs> um, reference characters in other universes and make them different if you wanted to, since it's a separate mm, universe. Exactly. Which somebody mentioned that, and I think you guys mentioned that a couple of times. I thought it was a great idea. Well, so I was like, okay, well, maybe they'll do Flashpoint. That's how they'll explain how. Well, they had that easy. great idea with continuity that they reintroduced the entire multiverse. And they actually said, remember, that they were now going to go and write stories from any time period that they wanted to and from a different right. Earth. They didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm like, I, I, but I mean, I do agree. I mean, they, they need to think of something. No, you know what? They don't need to think of anything clever. They just need to find someone to write them good scripts. Oh, and that's the other thing too, by the way, is that uh, DC, especially with the success of Aquaman, they want to do something fun and light with The Flash. And Ezra Miller actually wants a dark, uh, dark Flash movie. His corny ass wants something yeah. dark? Wow. Yep. It's, I guess we can't have him on the show either. It's because he, <laughs> he wants to be dramatic, you know? He wants to be like, oh... My mom died in a strange accident in which some blur and my dad was blamed for it. Hold and up, then hold I up. became you... really fast. Hold up, hold up. You this mean to tell like me... the life of a streetwalker? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. I was going to say, you, you mean to tell me that the bumbling Flash wanted to do something serious and more earnest? I don't believe that, but okay. Well, I don't know if it was supposed to be so serious, but it's just but at least dark. So I guess grim, if nothing else, but yeah. Well, so there'll be blood. So, okay, what's the over under on the Flash film being kiboshed? I say six months. No, I say they'll they'll probably just give up by twenty twenty, somewhere in twenty twenty. Okay, so you're saying beyond six months? Yeah, I, Ralph. I say that in about I don't know two weeks they're gonna call me and be like, "Hey, I need your help," and I'm gonna be like, "Well, let me see that money, and we can talk." I don't know what's more desperate, him writing the script or them calling you. I don't know. I'm just figuring that out. It's, it's a little bit of both. All right. So so now let's let's move on from the quick news and let's move on to the main chorus. Ooh. And I know that I've been waiting to talk about it for a while and we got a chance to watch the movie together, which was cool because we haven't done that in a while. You're welcome. Yes, we can all thank Ralph for that. Yeah, my neck my, my neck still hurts from it, but yeah, we can thank Ralph. Hey, who <laughs> waited so long to, if it wasn't because of me, you, know, you hitting me organizing. in the day, motherfucker. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's thank Ralph for the tickets. And because we went to the Alamo to watch the movie we're, we're about to review. So no. Today, not and for all of Alamo. those that, that are wondering, not the one in Texas. <laughs> no. The stars Nobody at night. No, 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 no. no. Stop, 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 stop. Deep in the heart of Texas. And you follow him. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just lost our, all Texan as our following listeners. All four of them. <laughs> well, anyway, we're going to be reviewing the movie Captain Marvel. And with a synopsis, is MFG Mike the Finance Guy? See, he didn't have anything with it to say because Ralph just drained me of that shit. <laughs> You're welcome, listening public. 
<laughs> they thank you. All righty. Captain Marvel is the 21st film in the epic Marvel Cinematic Universe saga. The movie is the first Marvel Studios offering with a solo female lead superhero. Captain Marvel was directed by Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck from a screenplay by Bowden, Fleck, and Geneva Robinson Duart. Um, the film is based on the Marvel Comics character, U.S. Air Force officer Carol Danvers, who was created by Roy Thomas and Gene Colan, introduced in Marvel Superheroes number 13 back in March 68. Now, after acquiring some of the original Captain Marvel's powers in a radioactive explosion, the character was revitalized as Ms. Marvel in Ms. Marvel number one from January 1977 and traveled a long and often uneasy road before taking the title of Captain Marvel in Avenging Spider-Man number nine in July of 2012. Captain Marvel costs an estimated $160 million and has a two-week domestic take of $266 million with an additional $494 million foreign. The film has a Rotten Tomatoes rating of 79%, 62% audience, and a Metacritic score of 64 out of 100 with a weirdly odd audience score of 36 out of 100. Alrighty. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. Really what? weird. Yeah. Synopsis. All right, let me get this out of the way. Kermit the Frog once opined, it's not that easy being green. Now, luckily, he didn't have to be a woman headlining the MCU's first female superhero franchise who's trolled endlessly online by heterosexual males screaming that she will bankrupt the studio, be the demise of the MCU, drive fans from the movies, and is a thank you note to social justice warriors who want to promote the hatred of men, all while proclaiming that it's not because she's a woman. But just like Kermit comments in his memes, yeah, that's none of my business. So, so anyhow, Carol Danvers is Verz, a Kree warrior cop with super strength, super energy blast, and super smirk, and she's not afraid to use any of them. She also has flashbacks to a life on Earth as a test pilot. Now, after being stranded on 1995 Earth in pursuit of renegade shape-shifting scrolls, Carol meets a young Nicholas Joseph Fury of S.H.I.E.L.D. along with new trainee Phil Coulson. Wading through 24-year-old nostalgia and denim everything, Carol reconnects with her past, redefines her present, and embraces her future, all while bad guys are unveiled, victims are helped, and subplots revealed. Now, if this description sounds kind of generalized, it's because the script is too. Marvel's newest shining star could have used a bit more polished storyline, but it does have a cat with alien tentacles that will drive the Japanese girls wild. All right, this movie is... <laughs> movie that was a slow one. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. Starring uh, Brie Larson as Carol Danvers, Vers, and Captain Marvel. Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury. Ben Mendelsohn as Talos and Keller. Jaman Hansu as Karath. Lee Pace as Ronan the Accuser. Lashana Lynch as Maria Rambeau. Gemma Chan as Minerva. Annette Benning as the Supreme Intelligence. Marvell and Dr. Wendy Lawson. Greg Clark, I'm sorry, I always say that. Clark Gregg as Phil Coulson. <laughs> and Jude Law as Jan Rogg. All right, so let's talk about Captain Marvel. But before we do that, let's press that button we paid so much money for. Warning, the following segment contains information that may ruin your enjoyment of the media in review. So if you believe this might upset you, piss off, you wanker. Thank you, Black British Guy. And that was brought to you by Steve Francis of Stush Productions. Stush. Stush. Oh God! I swear. I, mean, I keep saying that he's gonna. I'm gonna let him listen to it, but he's just so not interested in anything I say anyway. Nope. So I can't get it done. So ah, has, so he's one of those listeners. Yeah, he's one of those <laughs> listeners. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, he's not. He's not like Aaron, who will listen all the way to the end and then miss it. No, she listened to the first twenty minutes and then says she's listening to it. <laughs> I heard it. What was that message I left for you? Huh? <laughs> but enough women bashing, or at least women bashing for Aaron. Let me let's women bash this movie. No, I'm kidding. Uh, so, Captain Marvel. Let's get into it. Mike said a lot of stuff in the synopsis, and Mike, you thank you for covering that because I know that was a lot of the stuff that I wasn't aware of, or I was just kind of falling into two weeks ago when we did our last podcast. And I was looking at all the stuff that was going on with um, the, social, the social justice warriors and all the all the the, the, the male Twitter nerds and, and, and geeks saying that um, Captain Marvel is going to be a failure and all this stuff. As a whole, how did you find the movie, guys? Uh, on the whole, I found the movie safe, which is good. But in that, it also means it could have been better. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I did find it to be enjoyable. I did enjoy myself, but I did find it a little bit too safe. But at the same time, it was very standard Marvel um, origin story. Okay. Ralph? I couldn't stop smiling. I quite enjoyed watching the movie, and I thought they did a great job. 
You did that at a blank screen, bro. What's the difference? <laughs> <laughs> the difference was this one had explosions. Blank screens oh. do not. Okay. All right. Well, I'll say this. I agree with Mike, but for once, I know Kev always talks about, you know, Mike's the, the, the most negative one out of all of you. For this one, I think I might be the most negative, I think, because I felt like it was so safe, it lacked a lot of feeling. It lacked that, that thing that makes Marvel special about the real good origin stories, the way that you embrace the character and you go through their plight and you feel their pain. I didn't feel it with, with Captain Marvel now. Let me ask you. Do you think I'll, part- I'll give you some of that. Um, I, I, it definitely wasn't helping. I mean, Brie Larson, you know, she's an Academy Award winner, but for some odd reason, she didn't have a lot of emotional play. And I've asked that from right. a lot of people, and that's including everyone that's enjoyed the movie. It's, it's, it, like I said, I still enjoyed the movie, but she just didn't have an emotional range. And I don't know if that was her decision or the director's, both, or where that went, or why, for that matter. You or know? Even, it could even be the writing. And, and like I said, I could make, I'm not blaming Brie. I'm just saying, you know, whatever was on film. You know, whatever they brought to us, there was just that, that 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 sense of connection. It was gone. Now, you can make the argument and say that because they were trying to make make you feel like she wasn't to be in a movie, which is detached. And they didn't want her to have any feelings as a as a Cree soldier. And then as she you know got to know herself, maybe you felt that. That's my thing. Once she met like, you know, Maria Rambeau and she went to Earth and she started pulling together her her memories and stuff. There was not that feeling of like, oh man, like you, I wasn't rooting for her. It was just kind of like, kind of like what Mike said, safe. Like you walking through the motion, you going through the motions. It didn't feel like a journey that you wanted to do, or at least for me. Well, I, I kind of felt that in the beginning, she seemed, I mean, she was always um, smirky and a little bit snarky, which is again, standard for uh, Marvel movies. In the beginning, she seemed to have more emotional responses for the most part. When she got to Earth, and again, I mean, who knows what's on the cutting room floor or what the direction was. In the comics, because she doesn't have her memory or didn't have her memory for a long time, when she finally got her memories back, mm-hmm. even in the comics, they actually state, she goes, I remember these things now, but I have literally zero emotional connection to them, which really sucks and it makes life hard for her. The fact that they didn't state that she has no emotional connections to her Earth memories, it almost seems like they they were acting as if that's what she's doing, is having no emotional connection to her Earth memories, but didn't tell us that. Yeah, you know what? I think if they would have included that, I would have helped a bit more. It helped a little bit, yeah. I I um, took away from it that since she was taken to um, to live among the decree for so long, that um, she just was like a, a, a soldier, like a, essentially a brainwashed soldier who was drilled to not be emotional. Because even when when she's fighting with uh, Jude Law's character, he's mm-hmm. telling her like, "Emotion serves no place on the battlefield." Right. right. So they're and that's that's, no, that's a point. Yeah. But here's my thing: I thought the same thing, but I, I, I'm not looking to like to like um, discredit your point. But here's how I felt: because I thought the same thing. I said, "Well, maybe that's what they did." But then um, you. The beginning is um, Jude Law's character training with her and saying that she still, you know, she still, you know, relies on certain emotions and things of that such. So she's not, you know, the 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 warrior that has no feelings whatsoever. She right. still has rage and she still has smugness, and, right. and and that's the only thing she played. Well, don't forget. I mean, the very first time we meet her and him when they're fighting. Her her reaction is very emotional. That's when she she gears up her hand to blast them across the room. Yeah, right. she's angry because she's angry for having been beaten again. You know, right? So I I I, I agree that's something that I think that you know if what Ralph was saying they were trying to chill, they were trying to do that would make sense. But it feels like that that's not what they were doing, especially because that opening sequence and what they talk about. So I was like, it it just feels flat in so many ways. And I was trying not to let. I was trying to listen to. Things on both sides, you know, just so I can get the the Twitter argument. But then I fell into it. And I, uh, yeah, you did fall into that rabbit hole, man. I'm like, just uh, go yeah. watch the movie. I'm like, <laughs> well, because I wanted to know what, what all the hubbub was about. Because there was, was no hubbub. No one had seen the movie. <laughs> well, because they were talking about that. Brie Larson had said something, you know, in an interview, and it kind of sparked that. So I was wondering what that was. But let me. We'll, we'll talk about that later. But well, that, we can already that, tell that you you're negative towards the movie because every movie review starts with you going, "What did we like about it?" You didn't even ask. <laughs> That that's and that's what I'm gonna ask now. What did we like about the movie? Um, I enjoyed a lot of the movie, like I said, except for her emotional thing. Um, I I thought that the 
I thought that the action was good, but maybe not the fight scenes, all of the fight scenes most so much. Um, I definitely enjoyed seeing space again. I, I like kind of Marvel space stuff. It's just kind of a little bit more fun uh, okay. for me. Um, nothing particular, but I did like that. And by the way, uh, what was the last thing we just watched? Oh, yeah. By the way, Aquaman, borrow the CGI for de-aging from Marvel Studios. <laughs> <laughs> because it wasn't creepy. I mean, it wasn't always flawless, but it looked really good. I mean, Samuel Jackson looked great. Yeah. There was there were some, uh, some Clark Gregg parts where you could tell. Samuel there were some Samuel Jackson parts where you could tell too, a little bit when they there's extreme close ups and stuff like that. But I mean, again, all in all, I thought it was really good. Yeah. Okay. Ralph, um, I quite enjoyed um, seeing the the Cree city. It it, it kind of reminded me of a Blade Runner. A lot of it, like when you see that whole futuristic type of city. And yeah. I liked all the different um, '90s references that they try to sneak in there. I mean, the blockbuster that shit was just hilarious. Well, that was funny. I felt like, see, I'll save my the 90s references for things I didn't like. Um, what I did like definitely was, you definitely was right about the city, Ralph, the, the, the how it looks visually. Yeah. And just, I mean, and Mike's right, all the space stuff. Marvel slash Disney slash, you know, the whole company has that look down pat. It just looks really good. It's one of those movies, one of the few movies that I was like, oh, I wonder what it would have been like in 3D. Yeah. The, okay, yeah. I, I would love to have seen the, the, the hall of the... The Supreme Intelligence, that's what it's called, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that, yeah. that was incredible. It, it was almost like if they were stepping into like a, a celestial plane, you know? It was just with the gold and the lights and everything. It was, it was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. How did we feel about, um, because it's funny, I was sitting next to Mike um, at the Alamo, and when they introduced Jude Law, you could tell that Mike kind of already knew what they were doing with his character. Well, this had nothing to do with knowing who Jan Rog was. This, this was just the fact that it's, it's a Marvel origin story. You already know that the person that's side by side with our hero is going to stab him in the back. Yeah. I mean, flat out. <laughs> so that when he did finally stab him in the back, I turned to you and I went, oh! I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, th- were you, were either of you hoping that it would be a misdirection, even though we knew who the character was? No, I mean it's it just had to happen. I mean it, it, it for the story that they're telling, it just had to happen. Now the scrolls being the victims was a complete surprise because they've never been seen as uh, allies, friendly, or victimized ever in comics. So that right. was more of a shock than anything, um, and I was fine with it. But it was just surprising. But him, uh, you know, what do you what do you wrestling call it? Uh, turning the heel. Yeah, did not surprise me at all. <laughs> Nor did it bother me. Yeah, the fact that they they they're usually the heel, and in wrestling terms, they made the scrolls a face with a baby face, and I was like, wow, they're making them into the you know. And there was a part of me that said when they landed on the beach and they were looking for Carol Danvers, um, and and they were and they started making that joke about you know the changing into the surfers. There was a small part of me that was like, well, maybe they're not the villain. But then I let that go, and then to watch the rest of the movie and find out that they weren't the villain, I don't know. I guess because I've been conditioned as a Fantastic Four fan, I was like, one of them are going to turn. One of them are going to turn. <laughs> well, you know what I was waiting for, actually? And I mean, and I mean again, you know, you, you start to put together your own movie, even, even when you're watching a movie. I thought, um, because again, it's not written anywhere. I still have my own opinion that uh, I'm 99% certain that what we're going to be leading into for this phase is going to be um, Secret, Secret War. Invasion. I'm Secret oh, Invasion, excuse me. Sorry, mm-hmm. Secret Invasion. That, I, well, I'm assuming there's probably still scroll on this earth. Not, it wasn't just that, like, you know, um, all of them were on that ship. I'm assuming there are some scroll that probably just were here uh, that never joined Marvel's, you know, fly into space kind of a thing for a new homeland. Maybe that's where it will turn. But I kept assuming that um, Talos, when he got shot, that he was going to die in front of his son. Yes. And that I his son that, yeah. would then be the one to lead the secret invasion. And of course, that would be the big thing when, you know, towards the end when Carol and him would meet and she'd be like, you know, but I knew you, whoever you were, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Right. Um, I thought, but then when he lived, I was like, oh, okay, well, we're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> but then I was thinking, then I was thinking like, okay, well, maybe there will be some kind of, you know, again, if we're going to do secret invasions, there will be some up- uprising on Earth. Maybe he will be called in as like a soldier kind of thing. You know yeah. what I mean? And then, you know, you know, because it's been years now to be decades, he's been, you know, led to believe like maybe people were bad. And then, of course, he'll be the one that helps, you know, defeat the scrolls. Right. 
It could it could have went that way, and may, and maybe there might be something like that that could still go on. This whole lulling us to a false sense of security that you know what the scrolls not in this universe. They're not who you know we read them as, and then all of a sudden they turn them anyway. Yeah. But they did uh, make that really very clear thing, though, that they had no reason to make clear is when they were just like, oh, yeah, the scrolls, you know, they can duplicate thing right down to a DNA level. And I'm like, well, you've mm-hmm. made that point very clear for no reason at all. <laughs> you know? And also, I love the fact that they made fun of the fact that she was like, well, can you turn into like, you know, a, a, a lamp, a, a chair? And they're like, why would we? <laughs> you why, know, why but I mean, I in, in the comics, they can just turn into any shape, <laughs> you know. Wow. I always thought it was just living organisms. Um, I think eventually it's become that, but like in the in the beginning, they could just turn into just about anything. Wow, that, that's annoying. <laughs> yeah, L- let me ask you about um, the dynamic between um, Veers and um, Sam Jackson. First off, it came off very buddy cop. What did you guys think? And also, how do you feel about this version of Fury? All they were missing was having both of them slide across the hood of his car. <laughs> <laughs> Well done, Ralph. Well done. <laughs> Great. <laughs> eating eating hot dogs in his car. Yeah. <laughs> While on stakeout. <laughs> I would have social just uh, worry. Wouldn't like that, though. So it'd only be uh, him eating it. The, the only thing is, I mean, like, you know, for any other movie, and especially if this was, like, the beginning of any franchise, and I don't mean the Captain Marvel franchise. I'm talking about, like, if this was the beginning of, like, the whole Marvel MCU, I would be like, this isn't working right. But when you realize that Fury, and even though he's newer, it's it's innate. He has a natural sense of, I know what the fuck's going on, yeah. you know, and I know how to make snap decisions in the field. So for me to, for, to say that he summed this situation up as rapidly as he, as he could, right, right or wrong, that he made a decision and stuck with it, it's believable for the character. Okay. You know, okay. I, I, I don't find it a stretch. It's not like, like he's so jaded and guarded now, but that he was like that then or vice versa. It's like, this is just fury. He's the one that, that makes these odd bedfellow snap decisions in like a heartbeat. And they've right. we've seen that already, you know. Yeah. How did you feel, Ralph? I, so I thought that they had a very interesting dynamic together, you know, where, like, at first he's like, I don't really know who this chick is. She's kind of crazy. She fell from the sky, and she shoots out energy blasts through her hands. Uh, she seems like a threat to Earth, so I'm not going to really back her up. And then once he slowly starts gaining her trust, and then he realizes, wait a sec, there are freaking aliens on Earth, and it's not just her. And she actually seems to want to stop him. Well, I guess I'll uh, I'll follow her. So I don't know. Like the, they they seem Sam Jackson and Brie Larson seem to play well with each other, off of each other. Mm-hmm. You know, and it is also like this wasn't the first movie that they've done together. So it's, it's actually right, what if they what have they done before? Um, damn, what was it? How are you gonna make a claim and not have that movie on the ready? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to call you out. I just didn't. I don't know her career that well. No, I'm glad you called him out. What was the movie, Ralph? I, I can look it up. Okay, okay look it up. We'll get right, back bro. to that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I, I definitely, I, I agree. I definitely like the banter between them. Um, the only thing is, and this is just kind of the way it was written. I think sometimes w- the way that works sometimes for a buddy cop thing to work is that for the most part, she was kind of correcting Sam Jackson on a lot of his stuff. Whether it was what he believed about, you know, like, you know, aliens versus not aliens, you know, everything, you know, that, that he believed she kind of disproved. There was, I felt like, I don't know, like there was, she was never weak or wrong. And when she was, it didn't seem like a big, because you want them to both be vulnerable. That's how the, the back and forth works. Okay, I'll give you that. Yeah, well, they didn't give her much to be wrong about, I guess. You know, they, the things that they talked about were things that she either was comfortable with or already knew. Like, they didn't give her a chance to really, I guess, explore this earth or, you know, she wasn't here to question, like, why do we do this? Why do we do that? So right. there wasn't really a lot for her to be wrong about. Again, I'm not saying that's right. It's just that they didn't give her anything to be wrong about. But I think that's where, that, that, that's where the, the, the humanity or the feeling of it, that's maybe one of the places where it lacked. I mean, because it just felt like... It just felt like everything that Fury did, not that everything was wrong, but, you know, he would try to do things. And she was right about everything, everything. You know, she made, she built the, 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 the she, she um, fixed the airplane so that it could be able to fly into, you know, you know, into outer space. She was able to figure out everything. She was never, if she was wrong, there was never that feeling of like, oh, shit, right. what do I do now? Because then that shows vulnerability and you're like. Okay, that's that. That smugness is gone because now you've been, you know, you've been humanized. You've you've had the humbling moment. 
Right. She never had that humbling moment. Or if she did, it didn't feel that way. As a rebuttal, sir, she didn't fix the, the, the jump jet to go into space. It was Talos's science guy. He did oh, that. Oh, yeah. That, that, that's and, and also, if you really think about it, that Fury really was out of his element. Like, there wasn't a lot for him to have already experienced. I mean, he was dealing, I mean, he was dealing fine with something unknown, but, you know, he, he hadn't been trained for this. So you figure right. that she's, she's been trained. Like, for six years, she's been there. So for six years, she's been a, a warrior cop for the Kree, basically, to know to go to other planets. Because right. remember, like, she just immediately was just like, oh, just, I need your so-and-so. Because she used to go to other planets. She's used to being in charge. You I mean, know, so, I mean, no, again, I'm not excusing that, it. I'm not no, saying no, that, that they didn't that give her vulnerabilities, no, but, but it does, you know, explain that part. No, but Mike, more. you make sense. That's absolutely right. But the thing is, if they could have made that whatever that vulnerable moment was about her being wrong, then it would feel like a buddy cop thing. Right. It just it, it felt like it. And then there were times where I'm like, oh, that's what they're trying to do. But it doesn't quite get there because when she even when she shows up, spoilers at the end of the movie and says, where is Fury? There's not that sense of, oh, my God, I care about Fury so much. He's such, you know, he's such a integral part it's like oh yeah you were on a mission with him and you fucking went out of space Whoa. and you came back and you were like if you need me it didn't feel like that bond was there yeah but don't forget it's not a buddy cop movie and she's literally known fury for about 48 hours period like yeah, like, like there, there is no like like another she's coming back out of duty where is fury but she's not like we're the closest of friends ever she's been gone for 24 years <laughs> You know, there no, is no. literally nothing she knows about him. You know, in this I time. feel like the, I feel like the usual parts that that, that Marvel, the the usual marks that Marvel hits, they missed. They they, they missed, it, it, and it was obvious. And like I said, it wasn't a bad movie, but like you said, because it was safe, they still tried to hit their marks without bringing certain kind of you know complexities to it, and it just didn't feel the same. No, I mean, well, I mean, there's most of their. Um, I find that with most of their origin stories are like that. Like I said, I, I, I hate or- Thor's origin story. It just never sits oh, well with me. Um, I, I mean, it, the one that they portrayed, yeah, that was a horrible origin story. Yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's their origin stories are generally safer. Um, safe, you know, which but, is their I mean, thing. You felt, but you felt, but you felt the love for Cap. You felt the love with Iron Man. You felt the love with the Guardians. Word. You felt the Spider Man. Of course. You, felt the lo- you know, th- um, even the first Avengers story. You know, like about how they first like really get together. All of that stuff you feel for a lot of those characters. You didn't feel if I mean, if anything, you were supposed to feel it when she met Maria um, Rambeau. That's where you know you kind of got it with the daughter with Monica. I you right. know you mean well don't time? forget the one, but don't forget when she meets Marie. She even Marie says so. You don't remember anything? She goes no, not really. So I mean, they they even start that right away when 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 it does that blank from her coming in to you now know it's been a little right. bit of time they spent together. She's like, you don't remember anything. She goes, no. <laughs> so like you know, so it's kind of hard to get sobby and reminisce with someone that you don't remember. But not to the sobby reminisce the way you write it, so this way you can have some kind of feeling for either. Even if you wrote it more for, you know. Maria feeling bad, like really, all the stuff we've been through, and you don't remember that. Like even if you played it as, you know, um, Carol just like saying. I don't remember shit. You can keep that. But it just felt like all around it just was where they were supposed to hit, they missed. Well, I think they did a bad disservice by having her memories so far gone and then without explanation. Because like I said, it it isn't like, you know, she can't develop an emotional... Because otherwise, if she came back and was like brokenhearted, the next question would have been, why is she so brokenhearted? She doesn't remember the woman, you know? Yeah. So like, like you know, and the fact that Marie Rambeau was not the star of the movie... It's, no, like, of course. It's, not, it's not her story so yeah I mean but again I do agree that they could have done more I definitely agree with that I just don't know exactly where they needed to place it I think maybe she should have had more emotion for realizing that she'd been this lied to by the Kree I mean she was mad but not as mad as she should have been that's the other one that's the other thing I was like okay really it's just like oh yeah I'm just gonna you know f- kick these guys ass and that's it and Ronan's gonna see me and run away it was too easy. <laughs> well, no, that wasn't that wasn't easy. Ronan was just like, "I'm peeing my pants carefully." <laughs> we'll come back. Um, but off of that, there for a moment, I just want to get to know what did we feel about um, the fact that this, the fact that they did not require um, the standard for most female lead stories. I Meaning, she has no love interest. Um, the yeah. fact that they rewrote her history. And the comic book history so that Marvel was a woman now. And, and, mm-hmm. and fine, it was never a superhero, but as far as we know. But how do we feel about that? 
I thought I'd be bothered. I wasn't bothered by it. Oh, you thought it, you would actually be bothered by that? Well, because I, I said, okay, if they're going to make this a strong female, you know, thing, something tells me they're not going to have a love interest. I, oh, and yeah. when they didn't have the love interest, I was like, I'm not surprised. And it, 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 it was fine. That part didn't bother me. Oh, it should, I mean, it shouldn't. It, it's like, that's the whole point about like, you know, women in films. It's like, they're not supposed to have to require a love yeah, story. But, but, but it's not only about women in films, just in general, usually with most films, there's some kind of love interest you know to, to mm-hmm. play that other side of the of the character just characters across the board not male or female just across the board you know so when you don't have a movie with a love interest sometimes it stick up with a sore thumb and sometimes it works this it that didn't bother me what about no you it worked I mean, it worked for me if, yeah. if you kind of think about it in a way samuel jackson was kind of like the love interest except that he was more like like the i guess the loving friend essentially the platonic yeah. love interest, but yeah. I mean, sure. I mean, yeah. well, it was someone for her to care about. Um, exactly. You know, but I mean, she, you know, but for her, she cared about him about as much as she cared about Marie Rambeau, which is, I basically just met both of you right now. <laughs> you know? so, um, <laughs> the, the, the movie that they were in together, Kong Skull Island. They were, I would, oh, that was oh. awesome. I did not remember that was her because I really don't know her that well. Okay, cool. Um, I had, I was surprised that they went the route with Marvel, but it didn't bother me since. It's not an important part of the MCU that that Marvel was a he and that Marvel also happened to have been a superhero. Yeah. So because that wasn't important, um, but it was interesting the fact that they still kept the essence of how she got her powers. Meaning there was an right. explosion that imbued her DNA with something special, whereas before she was imbued with Marvel's DNA. Yeah. You know now she was imbued with like energy that was enhanced by the Tesseract. So I thought right. that was interesting. You know. And by the way, how do we feel about that Tesseract popping up like that? <laughs> I, I did not expect that. Well, but I had a feeling because they were like, well, Marvel invented a form of light speed travel to get us anywhere that we need to be. I'm like, but wait, aren't they like, don't they have like warp travel already? Like you see them go into some sort of like, you know, yeah. hi- hyperspace kind of a thing. So don't they have right. that already? But I guess when, this is even faster. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a Tesseract. Tesseract is instant. It's essentially right. open portal. Now we're there. Right. You know, kind of a travel. So I'm like, oh, okay. That makes so much more sense now. I understand why they would want that. Right. right. The question was, of course, where in the hell did this Tesseract come from? You know, from what we had seen. And it took me a moment to kind of realize how this was all working together. Even though it was obviously in front of me, it still took me a while to finally realize, like, oh, yeah, that makes sense now. You know, <laughs> it, it explains for a while how, I was. I'm sorry. It, it explains how the Tesseract ended up in in Project Pegasus in uh, in the Avengers movie. Well, it was already at Project Pegasus. That's that's the whole point. Yeah. No, what I'm saying is already there. Meaning that, um, oh, Howard oh, yeah, Stark yeah. is the one that left it with Project Pegasus, and uh, Marvel ended up working for Project Pegasus probably to get close to the Tesseract. Word. And then she became the leader of Project Pegasus. We, now she had access to it. Right. Basically, she stole it, basically, yep. to use for her uh, her machine. And then, you know, uh, Goose she, ends up getting it back. Yeah, she goes, Goose. Goose. Yeah. <laughs> Goose is like my cat. But if he actually, like, gave a damn about his weight, removed. <laughs> or moved in. <laughs> now, um, it's funny because, I mean, we all knew something was up with the cat. You didn't have to read the comic book to know that. You know, something was about that cat, but it was still pretty cool that they included that. It was really, really cool. I, I, I enjoyed that. I thought right. it was hilarious how like um, Fury was like all like all badass, and then when it comes to the cat, he's like, "Oh, look at this little kitty!" Oh, <laughs> so many guys in there like that are it. like that. Actually, it's really funny. Yes, <laughs> and then and then when uh, when Talos is like, "Get get that shit away from me, Mister Flurgan!" It's like, "What are you talking about? It's a cat." No, that's a Flurgan. Get that shit away. Yeah. Well, actually, in, in the comics, it's really funny because in the comics, because she has that cat and she had no idea that it was anything but a cat. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's Rocket Raccoon mm-hmm. that, that knows that it's a Flurgan, but he doesn't say anything. He's just like, I'm keeping my eye on you. <laughs> <laughs> and the cat just hisses back at him, you know. Oh, that's funny. Um, real quick, what did you guys think of the the Sam Lee intro, the Stan Lee intro, and the cameo? Oh, the, the intro was just amazing. It's great to pay homage to the man who. That intro was absolutely beautiful. It was really touching. That yeah. that intro was absolutely beautiful. Um, without being sad, it was just actually wonderful to see it. 
Just to see and, all his cameos all in one. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and the other is, I just hope he got that part in... Uh, <laughs> in Mallrats. <laughs> in Mallrats. <laughs> yeah, Kevin Smith was like a... Uh, he was like a baby, you know, like online. But I don't blame him, you know. Yeah. Like, he he got recognized. And, what, and, and the fact that it was Stan Lee yep. to be the cameo of, you know, to tie it all in. That's pretty dope. It was, it was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Um, any... Any last thoughts before we go into um, renaming the film and ratings? Well, I did want to bring up the fact that uh, just for, again, all those hater players out there, or actually they're just haters, um, just to to set the record straight, as far as opening weekend went, uh, you know, it was the seventh highest opening weekend for Marvel out of 21 films. So it didn't do whatever anyone thought it was going to say. And then my favorite things with hearing people go, Oh, well, let's just see how it does on the second week. And I'm like, why are you hoping it does badly? <laughs> like, <laughs> I didn't understand this at all. And it made another $113 million, So yeah. there we go. <laughs> you know, it's, it's basically, it's not basically, I'm sorry. It's over $700 million in two weeks. It's just doing fine. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's the juggernaut that, that Marvel wanted it to be. People just want to hate, man. It's, it's, yeah. it's a great, it's a great movie. Um, yeah, I won't say great. <laughs> I definitely won't say great. Okay, I'll it's, say it's an enjoyable movie. I, that I'll say. I'll yeah. say it's enjoyable. I actually want to see it again because now that you know, I've had some time pass and I know where the movie goes. Yeah. When you watch it again, sometimes you can appreciate things that you didn't get to enjoy. So I'm probably gonna try to see it again. My wife and kid just saw it um, on Saturday and they enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah it's fun. <laughs> yeah, definitely fun. I I, I want to say that. Uh, people shouldn't go in, shouldn't go into watching this movie thinking that it's like a a female empowerment movie. Yes, it's a movie about a female superhero, but that's not what they were going for, you know. Yeah, I mean it, it, it's empowering in the sense of she's the lead. Yeah, but it's not like you know women are always right. We're the best. Woo! You know, no, no, no. it's that's not, not that kind of movie. They were just trying to tell a story of a character because that's like a lot of stuff that I was reading online. Where people were like, yeah, finally, a movie to empower women to rise up and, and fight. And I'm like, no, that's not what they were going for. <laughs> no. It's it's basically if, the, it's, it's the Spider-Man idea. With great if, power comes great responsibility. But if, if that's <laughs> you know? what you got out of it, okay. If you feel better, listen, that's what, that's what they want. They want you to feel good about it. So go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, it's funny because um, I sent Mike um, one of these um, critics talking about that stuff, and he kind of went went down that road as well. Like, you know, all they're trying to do is, you know, make it about female empowerment. I was like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, well, Not, all those guys complain about that shit. I'm like, so what What if it was about female empowerment? Just freaking watch yeah. the movie. But, but, the, uh, but again, don't forget, all those arguments are followed by what? Oh, I'm not saying this because it's, she's a woman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll say this. Because I do, because to a degree, I understand some of their points, like where they're saying that this is supposed to be the 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 the, the one of the greatest movies that are out. And it's like, who no, said that? No, no. Well, I guess um, a I'm lot like, of people. Who said you know, that? And they're like, well, you know, it's almost like the black the Black Panther argument. You know, was it? Because some people say that. I think Mike even said that Black Panther was safe. Oh, I didn't say save it. Was, I said it was fi- it was a fine movie, but that was like, oh, it's the best. Mike, oh, what do you mean? It's. A, I'm like, what? Because it all characters are black. I'm like, am I supposed to love it because of that? Because <laughs> it still wasn't best. still wasn't a great film. <laughs> you know, it was a good film, but it wasn't yeah, great. <laughs> yeah, because that was the case. Mike wouldn't have us two because he'd be like, I need two other black guys. Seriously, on that. <laughs> you know why? <laughs> podcast. You know why? Because because Mike people is that the are legal best. citizens around. Nothing ever gonna keep him down. Mike doesn't know that reference. Not even at all. So Karate Kid reference, Mike. We still gotta have. We still gotta have you over the house to do that. All right. (laughs) So let's let's do it. Renaming the film. I'll go first. Captain Marvel. Meh. M e h. Next. Was waiting for that all day. (laughs) You you should have waited longer. Yes. (laughs) Go ahead, Ralph. All right. Captain Marvel, the Easter Bunny's back and the hunt is on. Because that movie has a lot of Easter eggs. Man, they were the most boring Easter eggs in the world. There yeah. Are, there are a lot of them. <laughs> Did you catch the uh, the Pulp Fiction reference? Yes. I think so. I'm trying to remember now. Oh, you, you here. I'll tell you right now. What's yours? Okay. Uh, mine is two guys, a girl, and a blockbuster store. <laughs> um. <laughs> 
I don't know. Just for me, that like for me, you know how Stranger Things feels like it's in the, it's in the eighties. This mm-hmm. didn't feel like it was in the nineties. Maybe because I lived it. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it felt like the 90s to me. Everything seemed to be an odd color and people were wearing too much denim. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, okay. I barely remember the 90s. It was such a blur. Wow. So, so many juice I... boxes, man. So many juice boxes. Shut up. <laughs> quarter waters. Yeah. Before I close out, Ralph, did you have the, the, the Pulp Fiction reference you were going to use? Oh, yeah. It's in my, uh, it's in my rating. Wow. Ah, okay. Okay. So ratings for Captain Marvel, Ralph. I give it... Eight and three quarters, slow sipping soda, Pulp Fiction references out of ten. Because when <laughs> when when Talos sips the soda, just to the end was like, it's the same thing that Samuel Jackson does in Pulp Fiction, where he just like finishes that soda and then talks. That's oh, right. okay. Yeah, well okay. done. Good <laughs> catch. Good. Never. I'm gonna give it seven and a half blockbuster membership cards out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> With all of that, that'll get you a, nothing. <laughs> Except for that one blockbuster that's around, I can forget where it is. It's oh, Alaska. it's in Oregon. No, it, I love it. it's in Oregon. Oregon. I thought you sure? Yeah, I thought pretty it was Alaska. Sure. It's no, two okay. nothings in Alaska. Not even our fans. No, I think it's in Alaska. <laughs> uh, you can double check, but I'm pretty sure it's in Oregon. Mike, uh, I give it seven and a half. I too endorse beating an old woman on a train out of ten. <laughs> Thank God it wasn't. A, it didn't morph into a baby. Otherwise, Mike would have gave it a nine. Oh, I would have joined in. <laughs> God damn it, Mike was right. It's in Oregon. Yeah. Uh, God damn it, Mike is right. I feel like that's 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 a common phrase. It's just it's just on that T-shirt that I'm going to have to start to sell to everybody. You do. <laughs> so there you have it, Captain Marvel. It was fine, but don't go anywhere. Geeks on the go is next. So, you think these bozos would actually have the foresight of creating a new commercial after they make something cool? Well, since they're too lazy, Big Kev here is telling you to download the new Meanwhile 22 Pages Later app. That's right, it's got lots of cool features, like different comic trivia games to keep you busy, and an episode vault so you can catch up on shows you've missed, like all the episodes with me. New things are being added as we speak. So download the new Meanwhile 22 Pages Later app for all of your Apple devices in the App Store. Also, find Meanwhile 22 Pages Later on Facebook and tell them what you think of the app and the show. Personally, I think they suck. Geeks on the go. Now with more Photon Blasts. Were you late on that one, or was that just the way I heard it? No, he no. was late. I was okay, late, cool. but I wanted to <laughs> enunciate, because, you know, I keep getting complaints about people can't understand what I'm saying. They're not yeah, supposed but... to, Cap. That's the whole point. Bro, you have dick in your mouth-itis. It's okay, though. I'm glad we were able to hear you this time. Uh-huh. Wow. Listen, that what can rough. I say? I love nuts. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that just A bunch of fetish listeners just fucking shot up right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, you know the drools. I give uh, you know the drools. Drool. You know the rules. <laughs> I give quick questions. And he and talks about give... me with dicks in the mouth. I want to know more about the drool <laughs> from the dick in the mouth. They're oh like they're like the scroll, except a little more droopy. I think ah. it's like the squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I give quick questions. They give quick answers on all things geek, and we rarely make it under a minute. But I think we're gonna do it this time. Of course we are. Oh, ye little faith. Ready, set, go. Name an X-Men that should get a grand makeover on film now that Marvel is in charge. Mike. Thanks to Fox, every one of them. If they did, a, <laughs> But they did Cyclops dirty, but at the same time, he couldn't hold his own move if he wanted to. <laughs> okay, Ralph. Gambit, 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 and Nightcrawler. <laughs> okay, lame, except for Nightcrawler. <laughs> All right, Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman are DC's holy trinity. Who is the trinity for Marvel, Ralph? Unfortunately, I think I have to say Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor. All right, and Mike? Spider-Man, Captain America, and Captain Marvel. I can go, oh, no, I'll disagree with the third one. Um, Who gets... (laughs) You would be wrong, unfortunately. (laughs) Who gets the first intro um, to the MCU, Mutants or the Fantastic Four? Ralph? I say we just put them in a pit, let them fight it out, and whoever comes out first, they win. 
Okay, Ooh. Mike. Mutants, but I would almost bet that Reed Richards is mentioned in the same movie as that. Ah, time is up. I agree. Reed Richards, what? Say it again. I said uh, mutants will get the first introduction, but I would bet that Reed Richards will be mentioned in that same movie. Just this way, they can just start the hint of their franchises. Very true. I agree. And last one, Daredevil, the TV show, was canceled on Netflix. Give me a prediction on where the show will land next. Ralph. In the Scraps Network. Coming to a TV in the different future. <laughs> Joe's, wish. Joe wishes. <laughs> My scraps. We pick up all the crap you don't want. <laughs> um, with Charlie Cox, probably nowhere. Uh, but I think all edgier Marvel shows will end up on Disney streaming service. Wow. That's possible. That's the only reason that Netflix gave it up. I mean... You know, it wasn't just that Disney took it back. Netflix gave it up because Marvel was like, yeah, we want our shit back. <laughs> yeah. Was, All right. So what you're saying, the mouse was like, okay, listen, Netflix, here's what's going on. <laughs> All right? We're going to take our stuff back and there's nothing you can do about it. All right. Because I'll pop a cap in your ass. That's like not that? a bad Mickey Mouse. That's not a bad Mickey Mouse. I can't lie. I'm thinking that it was pretty much more like Casino Royale. I just think they took the head of Netflix. I mean, yeah, Netflix tied him new to a chair and just beat his balls with a big thick rope until he was like, "Yeah, I'll give you back the show." That got dark quick. Hit him with the monkey's fist. You can't do that. Oh, yeah. Come on, <laughs> it hurts. Okay, let's not talk about fisting. All right. Um, <laughs> all right. So shoutouts. Do we have any shoutouts, gentlemen? I'm shouting out the whole United States Air Force that I still don't believe is sponsoring us. <laughs> well, if they're listening, Wait. that's the most important thing. Listen, I, there was a flyby. they're not listening while they're flying, though, because I don't want to be responsible for any crashes <laughs> due to all the laughter. <laughs> <laughs> laughing at or with us depends on what you're talking about. If they're listening, I don't care. Nice. <laughs> they must be listening because there was a whole bunch of flybys by my house the other day. So I thought they were just saying hi. You live in the Bronx. Flybys are helicopters, bro. <laughs> no, those look like jet planes. <laughs> Any shout-outs for you there, uh, Ralphie? I would like to shout-out all our loyal listeners who have been listening from the very beginning. So, Johannes, thank you very much. Yeah. And all the other people in Rikers Prison. <laughs> Watch wow. out. Remember, if you don't want to get caught with your cell phone, with all those Amber Alerts going on, just turn it off. Ah, God. <laughs> you, know, you mean they're not going to hide it in their prison pocket? <laughs> you can't always keep it up there, man. You know, it's funny because you call it prison pocket. I just realized if you use the term hot pocket, it fits also. <laughs> keep it in your hot pocket. What are you going to pick? Hot pockets. <laughs> just saying. Yeah, thank you, Ralph. <laughs> I've got two big shout outs. One is... um. One is interesting. I can't say their name, but it is a mother-daughter duo, a duo from Atlanta that recently told me, hey, we've been listening to your show. And they're, they're, they're friends of mine. Actually, they're related to me. So it, it, it sounds like people that would know you that wouldn't want you to mention their name. <laughs> they're like, we don't want it to be known publicly that we know you and that we listen to this. So... Yeah. Don't yeah, say so people have such unusual names that if you said their name, people immediately would identify them. <laughs> Something like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, here's, here's what I'll say. This mother-daughter duo, um, they said they listened to me, and I was speaking to the mother. And I asked her, I said, this, I, think, I, get, I did the Aaron question. Okay, what was our last show about? And they're like, well, hello. It was about the Umbrella Academy. And I agreed with this and disagreed with this. I was like, holy shit. So shout out to the mother-daughter duo. I'll find some nickname to call you. This way I don't have to keep calling you mother-daughter duo. It makes more sense. And the second shout out goes to Troy. Troy had, um, my cousin Troy has been on the show a couple of times, asked me, wow, you guys are back on? I'm like, yeah, we, we were actually back on. We're, you know, we're, we're getting our, our legs under us. We're doing pretty well. He goes, oh, I'll start listening again. Once he started talking about comics, <laughs> so he won't be listening for a while <laughs> hey well maybe, maybe we need to do one of the one of these big events that are coming up i mean hero of the crisis is already out Ooh, i have no problem with it some people aren't comic book readers yeah ralph cap cap nothing i buy more than you mike and i go every ralph. wednesday night ralph, ralph thank you listen ralph some of us don't got money are some people can't <laughs> read are i was about to say then then you should have more comics than all of us arg <laughs> <laughs> who says i don't wink, okay wink. we're not gonna get 
Whoa. <laughs> okay, Hot Pocket, chill out. All right. <laughs> All right, so I guess, I guess that's the end of the show. So for MFG, Mike the Finance Guy, and RT Square, we're off the tech. And for Hot Pockets, this is the cap saying, <laughs> keep it geeky. Keep it geeky and keep it in your pocket. I like that. That was cool. Yeah.